uh, because for who we are as Praise Chapel, what we've purposed in our hearts these last two years is that God has really uh, allowed us, He's graced us to be able to have this relationship with one another that would be uh, really a strength and a preparation for the very things that we're facing right now, the very things that we see, the uncertainty and the things that are transpiring in the earth. And so I put a little happy face on my notes because there's so many things inside of me. There you go, Ben, you got it. So many things inside of me that uh, this last week uh, has uh, awakened inside of me, if you will, or stirred inside of me. Uh, I want to say, again, we're just going to be the family setting here. Uh, A bright spot this morning was as I looked out this morning, because we're all looking for the liberation, we're looking for the things of life, in the times of this quarantine or confinement. And uh, I looked out into the parking lot and I see this red motorcycle parked in the parking lot. And so I'm thinking, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Sean, for persevering. It was cool this morning, but I'm sure it was liberating and freeing at the same time of just kind of busting out and saying, you know what, I'm going to get on my horse and ride. But it's things that continue to stir in our lives in this time that the Lord, as Sean was saying, has allowed us to really uh, look at things very, very differently. Seeing that motorcycle out there brought back the days uh, when Kathy and I used to ride bikes for years. Uh, Back in those days, our spiritual mother and father, he and I both worked uh, and I worked for the sheriff's department, and so we both had motorcycles, and so we, on the weekends, would go for these rides, uh, though we had to be back for Sundays because we were both elders in the church. But this is during the Jesus movement, if you will. But there was something that is beginning to stir in this time that we have together is really allowing us to uh, pause, kind of say law. I would imagine David took a lot of those opportunities because we think our lives are uh, pretty well... Uh, inundated with responsibilities, our child care center, our food shelf, all the things uh, that we as both elders and deacons, uh, there has been no rest, even talking with JC this morning, uh, through our food shelf, we figured there would be a lean time of coming with uh, having meats, because Hannaford's in different places will allow us to have vegetables and fruit, but Hannaford's gives us meats. So because there's been such a shortage in the Upper Valley of meats, uh, we've not anticipated any meat coming. And so I'm looking at JC this morning, and he says, man, I'm just tired. So <laughs> mind you, all week long, food shelf deliveries, there were seven pallets that were delivered this week. All the things that transpire of packing, separating, storing, but also delivering. And so they went into the cooler this morning, really not expecting to see much, but uh, how many pounds, JC? Uh, close to 250 pounds. Close to 250 pounds of chicken wings and all sorts of different types of meats. And so when there's a shortage in elsewhere and other places, God knows the demand and our heart to serve, and so those things begin to flow out. And so I just wanted to, I, I think, and I felt like I needed to stabilize both the fellowship here and those that we have relationship with. Um, I'm going to continue to look at the happy face in my notes 
because I want you to know that this should be the time that we recognize who we are in God and our influence. When Kathy was talking about, or Sean was talking about the podcast, you know, I just took a little look this morning. Presently right now, there's 184 nations that have been affected by this COVID-19. 184 nations. This world has been altered and changed. And I trust and I know it has been by the hand of God. Though man has his part in it, as he always does, God ultimately uses it for his purposes. So when I was looking at those podcasts that go out, there's 42 nations that listen to the word that comes out of this little house. And so I'm so much aware there is just so much out in the world. If you are one who enjoys television and has CNN, MNSBC, it's just a constant driving voice of not that which is of the Father or of the kingdom. It's the condition of the world where we find ourselves. Our citizenship is not in this earthly realm. Though surely we vote and we have all those identifications in this world. But ideally we're in this world but not of this world. And so I felt that it was so important because there needs to be an anchor for you and I. There's so much about eschatology. (laughs) There is so much about different types of conspiracies. It's all out there. No different than it was in the days of disciples. There was always those trying to bring division, something contrary, either eschatology or the beliefs and or the government system or being part of one religion or another. You had to be a Jew and you wouldn't be a part of what the Messiah would be once come and be a part of. All of the, the same controversies that they entered into. But what I felt was important is, is that because we've been called for such a time as this as the church and our influence is great. And so we, know, we need to know who we are and our identity and what we've been called to do. Amen. So I just want to read Isaiah 43, if I may, because I want this to be the anchor of your soul as you begin to move along in these next days and weeks and months. Because in one day, seven days, 30 days, however you want to look at this, the world that you and I are presently in has changed and will never return to what it was. Because God has got a plan to establish the preparation for the return of His Son's second coming. Yes. Amen. 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 So you and I, we've got to be this family. I want to emphasize, it's just so amazing to me, because Kathy and I were taking time out yesterday to talk about this. The koinia, the fellowship with one another and the Holy Spirit and our relationship with the Lord. Recognizing that as this time becomes more difficult and I'm getting, you know, all the time things of conspiracy and what do you think and what's your judgment and what God is saying about this and what is God saying about that. But we began to realize that what our heart has been in this last couple of years, that the affections that we have for the Lord and for one another is allowing people that are in our food outreach, they're not just coming for food. They're really coming for an anchor of substance that will stabilize their lives because they too are subject to all of this stuff. 
And they don't have the relationship that you and I have with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, and or the fellowship that we have with one another to be able to sustain us through this time. And so and if somebody needs to probably keep, keep an eye on the time, give me like 30 minutes, uh, because it's just going to be important. I want to be intentional in what I speak this morning. I want to be intentional of what I say this morning, because I believe it's a key, it's important, because I'm just going to tell you my story of this week, but I want to start with this anchor of Isaiah 43. But now thus saith the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and whom he formed you, O Israel. That's us. That's you. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then we have been grafted in. We are. We are the Israel of God, grafted in. Amen? Adopted, sons and daughters of the King. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire... You shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Bless you. Now, I just want to, I want to somehow describe to you this week. Because in the midst of all that's transpired, as I talked about the motorcycle and Ed and Lou Beisline in our lives and the influence that we had, the setting of Passover, we've been keeping this feast for over 50 years, and I've never seen a Passover like this. There's been a number of things. The first desert storm took place during Passover, so there's a number of markers, if you will, that God has always moved according to his feast days of things that he's established in the earth. But unlike this time before, the reality of the true Passover, the first Passover, where that which the blood was placed upon the doorposts and the spirit of death passed over, saving, keeping those that were quarantined, if you will, those that chose to remain together as a family, stayed outside of that which the world was experiencing. And I've never seen anything like it because it's allowed us to really, I honestly believe, honestly understand the power of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. The sacrifice, the personal sacrifice that you and I are now experiencing, not through the death only, but through the power of the resurrection. Amen? And so I want you... Uh, somehow I've got to uh, please keep me on, on a timetable because there's so much that I have to say because these feast days are essential. Because God's calendar does not fit in the Roman calendar or the Julian calendar. This worldly calendar fits into God's calendar. And so we must begin to live by the understanding of God's timing, God's purposes, the anchor of His Word, and not the events that are going on around it. Because his calendar is pushing the events in the earth. Because ultimately he wants to restore his creation. You and I, his creation made in his image. That's the ultimate goal of the Father. That was the purpose of his son, Jesus Christ. That he would die for you and I. That we might once again, as Adam and Eve, as God intended, just walk with God. Okay? And so now... This week, 
all the uncertainty, all the things that are transpiring, the place that I need, I'm, I'm longing for those fathers that I was under because there's never been a time like this. Never been a time like this. And so I'm going to try to be a storyteller this morning. If you've read any of Watchman Nee's books, uh, he never saw himself as a preacher. He wanted to be a storyteller. He wanted to minister spirit to spirit because that's where the life was unlocked. That's where the hearts were unlocked because then it bypasses the mind and the inner man, the spirit of the man becomes quickened and alive and then the mind becomes renewed. And Lalo, for those of you that knew Lalo, was a tremendous storyteller. He knew the scriptures like no one that I ever knew had. And everything had a story in its place. So, here we are, Kathy and I, this week, trying to carve out time because, mind you, all the leadership here is very active at work. Besides, many of them are still doing their work. Debbie, the Child Care Center, we've been blessed to be open. The state's asked us to remain open. Same thing with our food shelf. All the things, Sean Wilder, out of the whole company, out of all of their international projects that are going on, out of their company, they shut them all down. And then they said, no, but there's two that we have to keep going. Out of international programs here. I'm talking about high-tech stuff. I'm not sure how many thousands of employees. So they said, wait, we've, we've got to change this up. There's two companies, there's two projects that we have to keep going. And Sean, you have to be the one to oversee them. Besides all the things that are transpiring and the work God is asking us to do to lead this household into where God wants us to go. So in the midst of all of this, I know that all of us need an anchor. And so my story is, Kathy and I found this movie, if you will, on Noah's Ark. And I began to watch this movie. And it's a little bit different version from some of the other ones that I've seen. It's a little bit more simplistic and not all of the special effects, if you will. And so we're sitting there, and I'm watching this. And I'm just, I'm just... Uh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm watching this because not all of them are uh, factual, scriptural in the, in the movie producing. So I had to seek out the book of Genesis and look at the story of Noah. And you can go to chapter 6 if you'd like in Genesis. But I'm watching this movie, if you will. I'm reading Noah's story. And it's just amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. Chapter 6, the father essentially, he says, I saw every intent of the thoughts of the heart of man. Uh, verse 5. And in verse 8 he says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was just a man, perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. 
I'm looking at this setting, mind you, with the heart of the Father that wants to intervene in humanity. He knew that he created man in his image. But he saw, and listen to that, he saw every intent of the heart of man in every person. And then guess what? He finds Noah. And he comes to Noah and he invites him to be a part of his plan. And we can read what we want about the flood, eschatology, all of the things that people look for often is to validate. But the book of Noah, chapter 6 of Genesis, the story of Noah was all about faith and obedience. And this is going to have some bearing as we go on through the story. Now, mind you, Noah had his wife, three sons, three daughters. There is reference in Genesis that it could be possible that there was a fourth son, Canaan. Canaan. But stop and think about it. Have any of you watched the one Evan Almighty? Okay. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about this present day and looking at how we would then, Sean, how I would go to Kathy, not in the relationship that she has, or even the relationship that she has. How's that? Comes today and says, actually I can tell Kathy, I said, the Lord came to me and said that uh, we're going to build an ark. Now I had three daughters and a son but I can imagine going to each one of my daughters. <laughs> and all of us have seen the, seen the movie. But when we look at the scriptures, I'm just pondering of how, how that relationship that Noah had with the father was unmoved. Imagine having to the way it appears in the scriptures, Noah's wife nor his sons or the daughter-in-laws had the same relationship with the father as Noah did. And so we begin to see this whole setting that God is stirring this heart of a man to be able to bring what God wants to do and bring to the earth. And so I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, Lord, I look at all of the barriers even for myself. Because mind you, I, I have to tell you, this is something very, um, both compelling for me, but also now a weight. Um, especially for what's going on in the earth of people's response to this COVID-19. I was listening to the story and then I was listening to the father 
And he said, what would you do if I asked you to build an ark? Today. And it just began to affect me. And then a few conversations that Kathy and I had and recognizing the things that are being spoken all through Christianity and the things that aren't correct according to the truth of the word. And I'm thinking, okay, how, how does this come in a way that will ground as an anchor each person that could use as a pattern for that which is real that they could relate to? And so I began to ponder that. The ark was a place of refuge, of protection. It was a place of provision. It was a place of safety. We have the ark of the covenant, if you will. We are the presence of God, another ark. We have Jesus, who is the ark of the covenant. Now, God's no longer in a box. The ark of the covenant, Jesus is our covenant. He is a covenant keeper with us. And so I began to ponder, looking at Noah responded in faith and obedience. The world and its affections had no place, found no place in Noah. I have to believe even to the point, I mean, Noah was 500 years old, took him 120 years to build the ark. I would imagine it probably could have taken 100 years to convince his family that they needed to build the ark. (laughs) And maybe 20 years to build it. I don't know. But I'm trying to... I'm trying to... uh, to be intentional of what I'm saying this morning. God established through a family... a family that would join him in his plan to preserve humanity in fulfilling his desire as an intervention to bring the fullness of his creation back into relationship with him. God was the one that gave him the design, gave Noah the design for the ark. God had to be the one to give him the strength and the provision to be able to do it. God had to somehow intervene in the hearts of his children and his wife. There had to be a place that they saw that Noah was not going to be moved. There wasn't anything that was going to keep him from doing it. And in turn, there had to be a place where they then decided whether the mockery or those relationships that they had with the world could not pull them from their union, from their unity with one another and with the God whom Noah so intimately knew. And so it wasn't just for Noah and his family. We recognize that the animals were once again, the earth could be replenished, could be reproduced into the fullness of what God intended this earth to be. And so in turn, we have this setting that 
Noah responds, his family responds. God fulfills that which he desires to do. They get inside the ark, and they have no control of the journey or the destination. And see, this is all bringing to hopefully a, a, an intention in my heart for you to begin to ponder in this next week if we were asked as a people, the body of Christ, sons and daughters of God, the King, if we were being asked to be a vehicle that would carry humanity to that which is going to bring this world into its next fulfillment. I don't want to get serious. I want this to be alive inside of us. God's intervention on the behalf of man. I was thinking about this. Noah found grace, which we find in Jesus Christ. He was just a man. You and I. But Noah walked with God. So as we begin to be aware, mindful, of all that's transpiring around us and what God has allowed to take place to bring humanity once again to a place of calling out and crying out to Him. But what about we as the church? Often things that we have read about according to the Scriptures and the things that we see God has spoken about have been at a distance. But the now is so real for us of this world has been altered and changed. We know that Babylon and the Babylonian system, our economic system, has to come down. Are we prepared to be those as Noah to be willing to not allow the affections and the intentions of this world keep us from fulfilling that which God would ask us to do. And that's create an ark of his presence, a relationship, a connection with one another and with him to see a fulfillment take place in this next dispensation of time. I guess it's important for me that as we have this opportunity to allow ourselves to be still quarantined or remain doing less activities, that we allow ourselves to have this time before the Lord but with our families and with one another 
and begin to look at what would life look like if we didn't return to the things that were? What adjustments would we make? What would be different in our lives to be able to move towards a place to where the things that we've relied on, I mean, stop and think about it. (laughs) What the government has done to assist in trying to uphold this economy, and I believe the mental stability of this nation, if you will, the people's, It's been a way to be able to sustain, but it's only going to be for a short period of time. So when we come out of this, coming out of this is going to look very different from what people may think that's going to be. And so my desire is, my hope is, is that as I begin to respond to what this next place is for us as the body of Christ, can we allow ourselves to really see... uh, an unmoved setting within our hearts that what we've seen take place in our relationships with the people coming into the food outreach, all the settings that we see that are now taking place with the Cornerstone Community Center, all the relationships that are being established, all of these things that I have to believe are being purposed in God because when these days the quarantine is over, And people think that they're going to go back to normal. I'm not sure how many jobless are still going to be there. I'm not sure how many of the emotional settings and scars are still going to be there. I'm not sure of how many people in the emotional settings and the mental health and all the things that are, and somehow people think that's going to, the light switch is going to be turned back on. That's not going to happen. But when I began to just so realize that that which God intended for that ark to be was for humanity to come inside. And humanity didn't recognize in the days of Noah what was about to come upon them. And we as a church, there has to be a, a, a subtlety in our hearts. <clears throat> and I don't, know how to, I don't know how to describe this. Because like I said, I put a happy face on there. I want there to be such a, uh, a, a joyous setting, but yet recognizing uh, the foreboding day that we're in. No one has ever experienced the day that you and I have experienced. We are living history right now. There wasn't such a dramatic change in the world really since World War II. And so my appeal to myself is, to, is to, well to you. Can we can we just open up our hearts? Try and push back all of the voices. Because all of us are looking for an answer. So many people are saying so much that have such great influence that could be a detriment to the body of Christ. 
And so my appeal is, is that, wow, what could you and I have ever thought of realizing that this, our children, our grandchildren, this world is running 100 miles an hour headlong into fast, fury, go, go, go. Who would have ever thought that God just threw one, one circumstance in the earth would bring the world to a halt? Inconceivable. Man could not have planned this. Only God could have planned this to cause you and I, cause humanity to stop and pause and look and say, wow, this has been very different staying home. Our relationships are very different right now. I miss the hugs and I miss being around people. I took for granted all of the things that I just used to just not take time out for. Or I began to see things with my children, my grandchildren, the longing not having the time with them and the access. But yet going to the store and going to the different places. The young man uh, that delivered food yesterday, an excitement to see somebody, the excitement to talk to somebody. And our influence should be such in our minds and our hearts knowing that we might be the carrier of truth, the carrier of hope, the ark of his presence, the ark of that which might be joining God's plan to hopefully bring intervention in the people's and yours lives and my lives that there's a hope and it's a truthful hope. It's not a hope that's not scriptural. And I'm trying to be very careful with my words this morning. Because all of us are going to be accountable for what we believe and our influence upon other people. And can you imagine I had to believe that Noah... (laughs) Can you imagine? He was 500 years old. I can't imagine what the population was in those days. But he knew if he was obedient and faithful to God, he knew what he was bringing upon the earth. Do we know what we're telling other people of what our prayer and intercession and calling out is bringing upon the earth? Are our words aligned with that which we know I know we all minister in part, but this ark, hopefully if I can have a little bit more time, I'm going to bring this part to a close. But what that ark would look like, what that might bring, how we might see that according to the scriptures, how that might happen, how could it happen? Would we be those that by faith find the grace of God and just mere men and women first find a way to walk with God for that which we are doing and what we are saying is the truth. It's an anchor 
that will carry people through. We think this is difficult. This will be over. The effects will still have its way. It's never going to be over in that way. But this is something that we thought could never happen. What else has God in store, God have in store to awaken you and I, to awaken humanity, his creation, to get their attention of their need for him? Because he loves his creation. He loves you and I who have been created in his image. He doesn't want one to be lost. And so I hope that I've tried to in some way present um, this this altering inside of me. I don't know how else to say it. Because I know we'll find by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our relationship with the Lord and confirming and having that time with one another as we begin to see these days progress and the things that are transpiring before us that what this altar of his presence, we are the containers of his presence. We are that which is the substance, the hope of the glory, the Christ Jesus in you and I to be able to then begin to bring hope to the earth and to those around us, to where there could be a recognition, an awareness, an awakening on the inside, not convincing people, not trying to convince people of a way of thinking, but something would prick the heart because it was so real to you and I. Again, I just, I just look at the scriptures of Noah and there had to be something, something inside of him that said, to his wife and to his children and to his son-in-laws. And it had to be that same passion to those that were not knowing and responding to what the warning was. It had to be a crying out in his heart. And so I hope that this will be something that will uh, resonate more than resonate. If this is God, I'm hoping this will be something that the Holy Spirit will quicken to all of us. Of, of, of this present day and where we are and we have an anchor in Isaiah 43 he is with us we can walk through all things that he's brought before us that no matter what's transpiring it does not have an effect on us but it does stir a crying out for humanity and for the relationships and the people that we know that don't know him and so Father I've tried my best this morning Holy Spirit, I ask that you would take whatever words that have come out of my mouth and that it would somehow be that which is the life substance of what the Father had for this morning. And that we, those, the relationships that we have through either the podcast and or Facebook or those that are here. Father, I ask that there would be such a a still small voice, an awakening breath, a tender moment, a stirring of the inner man, a bringing back that which Psalms 139, the story written concerning us, that, Father, you've entrusted us to be a part of your plan, of your story, as it was with Noah. That, Father, in this earth, you would find a people that would not compromise, that would not in any way Alter your truth according to your word of how you're choosing to bring humanity back into relationship with you through your son, Jesus.
And if there's anyone here that doesn't know the Lord, and if the words that I'm talking about don't make sense to you, if you feel you're hopeless, the things that are transpiring around you that scare you, I encourage you to call out to the one whom Noah cried out to. He was a God that had no name, just the I am. He's there. He's here. And he's going to walk us through all that's transpiring because we're his. Because we're his. His son died that we might have life and that we're all part of his family. So I bless you. Be encouraged. Be encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You're welcome.